Hey everybody, I'm Dave Rubin. It's the Rubin Report Direct Message. It is February 10th in the year 2022. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Share, subscribe, notification bell, you know the drill. And today we are doing a Rubin Report a Locals Community uh, Q&A. If you wanna still get your questions in over the course of the next half hour, 45 minutes, you can go to rubinreport.locals.com or download the Locals app and search the Rubin Report Community. And my team is in the live chat right now. And although they've given me questions for today's show, questions can be added on the fly, okay? Imagine someone on CNN actually doing something unscripted on the fly. What an abject disaster that would be. But we're willing to play with it here. Uh, we like to do one story up top before we do these Q&As. And uh, I saw this tweet by Jordan Peterson. You know Jordan Peterson. I saw this tweet by him uh, last night, I thought it was quite interesting. I wasn't a conservative until liberals kowtowed to radicals. I thought, man, I know a little something about that. So I want to unpack that tweet for just a bit. Talk about the labels. Do liberal and conservative mean anything anymore? Has, is there anything left on the left? All the sort of stuff that you know I've sort of talked about over the last couple of years. And we put a little compilation together of some PragerU videos that I did over the years. Uh, sort of showing you my own evolution. And I think if you're watching this, it perhaps it matches uh, some of your evolution as well. Before we get to that and all the Q&A, I want to talk to you guys about Cozy Earth. You know, one of the best things about being filmed from the waist up is that I can look like business up top while being super comfy down below. For those of you who have been working from home and participating in multiple Zoom meetings over the past year, you know what I mean. That's why no gift will be more appreciated this Valentine's Day than Cozy Earth's sheets, pajamas, or loungewear. I really dig their sweats. I have done the show at least in one occasion wearing their, their sweats. Uh, they're so soft and lightweight, and that's because they are made from su super soft, viscous, from highly sustainable bamboo. Cozy Earth's bedding and loungewear are also temperature regulating, so you'll sleep comfortably year-round. It's no wonder that Cozy Earth has become the bedding of choice for interior designers and celebrities. Cozy Earth is so confident you'll love their products. You can try anything risk-free with their 100-night trial. If you don't love it, return it within 100 days for free. So this Valentine's give the gift that will be appreciated every single night. Cozy Earth bedding and loungewear. And now my audience will save 35% on Cozy Earth bedding and loungewear. Just go to CozyEarth.com, enter my promo code DAVE and save 35%. Hurry, that's 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Promo code Dave, CozyEarth.com. And now back to me. This stuff is seriously super soft. I highly recommend it. Okay, let's throw that tweet up again for just a second. Jordan Peterson tweeted this out last night. I wasn't a conservative until liberals kowtowed to radicals. So I wanted to unpack this for just a moment because I know a little something about being frustrated with liberals, right? I am sort of the why I left the left guy. Actually, I did a video for PragerU a couple years ago called Why I Left the Left. Uh, it was in 2017, and it has been seen 29 million times. That's a lot of clicks. A lot of people have seen it. It's probably the thing that really put me on the map more than anything else. Uh, as some of you who read my book may know, I actually had never said that I had left the left before that, nor even in that video. In the video, I never actually say I left the left officially. 
actually that morning, I didn't know the video was going up that morning. And I, you know, I wake up, I look at my nightstand, my phone is there and I see a notification from PragerU, something like Dave Rubin, why I left the left. And I freaked out because I was like, wait a minute, I never said that. I'm still part of the left. I'm trying to save the left. I'm trying to show them they're not acting liberally. I'm freaking out. And then within a couple hours, I realized that the, the reaction to it was so good and it was resonating with so many people that it was gonna be okay. So what we did for you this morning is we took uh, three of the PragerU videos that I did. I did that first one, Why I Left the Left in 2017. In 2018, I did So You Think You're Tolerant. Uh, and then in 2020, I did The Bravery Deficit, which coincided with uh, the debut of Don't Burn This Book. And each one, I think, is a, is a step in my own political evolution that I think we can directly relate to what Jordan was tweeting out right there. So we put together uh, three little bites from each one. So this is just small segments of each one. I think you'll see what we're doing here. Take a look. Do you believe in free speech? Do you believe that people should be judged by their character, not their skin color? Do you believe in freedom of religion? If you believe these things, you're probably not a progressive. You might think you're a progressive. I used to think I was. I can no longer call myself a progressive. I don't really call myself a Democrat either. I'm a classical liberal, a free thinker. And as much as I don't like to admit it, defending my liberal values has suddenly become a conservative position. So let me ask the question again. Who is tolerant? Well, here's the surprise. It's actually those scary right-wingers that the media and the universities demonize every day. I speak from personal experience. Maybe I'm a glutton for punishment here, but I still consider myself a liberal. And it's my duty as a liberal to say what I think. I would rather stand for what I believe and be hated than bow down and be loved. I can tell you that in the last few years of my political evolution, I've consistently found conservatives to be tolerant and open-minded. The understandable temptation is to think that this politically correct madness will soon end, just die out on its own. Well, it won't. Activists and their mainstream media allies like the New York Times and CNN, propaganda outlets like Media Matters and the Southern Poverty Law Center, and your local university will make sure of that. Big tech with its control of search algorithms, its shadow banning and deboosting are also in on the game. All of the successes of America and the Western values that gave birth to America are being eroded as we speak. We can't just blame Hollywood, the media, and the political establishment any longer. It's time to look in the mirror. It's time to come out of the closet, the political one. You are the solution to the bravery deficit. So what are you waiting for? Now, first off, uh, let me address the most obvious thing. I'm aging pretty well. You know, there's creams involved, a lot of hairspray. Uh, actually, joking aside, uh, that first video that I did there, the Why I Left the Left one from 2017, uh, that was in the midst of, as some of you know, I had developed alopecia areata, which is a uh, autoimmune disease really only brought on by stress. They don't know why else it would be brought on. And I went for all the blood tests and all the stuff. Uh, and I was losing huge chunks of my hair and I was on this really awful experimental medication. You can see in that I have big bags under my eyes. I'm kind of bloated. And it was because of the stress I was getting from getting online hate from the so-called tolerant leftists, even though I was only just saying, hey, let's act liberally, let's defend free speech, open inquiry, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, the reason I put all of this together in light of the Jordan tweet, can we throw the Jordan tweet up one more time? Uh, the reason I put this all together 
because Jordan tweeted this out last night. I wasn't a conservative until liberals kowtowed to radicals. Now, I don't want to speak for Jordan Peterson, obviously. So I, you know, let's make sure that when, when people understand how we talk about these words, that there's a difference between a political ideology and a political party, right? So people think that if you say, oh, I'm a conservative, that automatically means you're a Republican from an American context. Or Jordan, who happens to be Canadian, it's like if he says he's a conservative, that means he's part of the conservative party in Canada. Now, the conservative party in Canada is mostly kind of half-assed, not doing it great liberals. They're just like a year or two behind. Uh, so I don't think Jordan is somehow saying he is now part of the conservative party of Canada, I wanna be clear about that. And there's a difference between saying, hey, these are the rough set of ideas that I believe in, say these conservative views or these classically liberal views, whatever it might be, versus I'm a Democrat or a Republican. That's a political party and a political party has a platform. And on that platform, they do this, You know, we, we always see this every couple of years, they tell you what their platform is and then the, the president or the president wannabe, the guy running for president is the, you know, the head of the party in effect. And these are the things we believe in. Now, of course, you don't have to believe in all of those things to be part of a party, but there's a difference between joining a, you know, I'm a card-carrying member of the Republican Party and I believe in conservative principles. All that being said, um, you know, people always ask me now, it's like, Dave, do you consider yourself a conservative? And yes, at this point, I do consider myself a conservative. I think that conservatism, for some of the reasons I laid out in those videos, conservatism has become the wide tent movement that is here to defend America. Now that does not believe, mean that I believe in every single thing that is thought of as purely conservative. So the big one for me, you guys all know this, I wrote about it in my book, is that I do still consider myself begrudgingly pro-choice at least for a few weeks. We can have all sorts of debates about that, which by the way, I have with conservatives all the time. I've done it with Ben Shapiro on this show. I've done it with Dennis Prager on this show. I've done it with Glenn Beck on this show and I've done it with all of them privately as well. Um, a guy like Rudy Giuliani, who obviously is a conservative, is, you know, I, I always say begrudgingly, but he also believes in a few week uh, window on abortion. And we can have all of the discussions about when life begins and conception and, and the religious notions around all of that. Like we can do all of that stuff. But it's very obvious to me that within the conservative movement of 2022, well, first off, what are we mainly trying to conserve? It's just America. That thing that we all knew that was pretty good until the progressives came and started destroying it over the last couple of years, that's the main thing we wanna preserve. We wanna preserve our individual rights, our liberty, the constitution. We wanna protect the documents that free us, the bill of rights, all of these things uh, that protect our ability to live as we see fit. I know that sometimes conservatives get lost in some of the social issues and I've sensed that even that is changing. Let's not forget that Donald Trump, uh, who, by no means is a traditional conservative, certainly not a religious conservative. Uh, not only did, was he the first, first time president to ever run pro-gay marriage, so then that, that seems sort of liberal, right? Liberal in the sense of equality, uh, but then he appointed clearly conservative judges to do, uh, to make conservative choices when it came to things like abortion. So Trump, I, I mean, I was arguing this for a long time, Trump was defending both liberalism and conservatism. It's, it's a bizarre notion for this orange, you know, crazy haired guy from New York, a builder from New York that he was doing it. Anyway, all of this being said, um, there is something very rich on the right right now. And that is where I'm gonna spend most of my energy. Uh, I know that, you know, there's this small, tiny set of liberals 
you know, liberals, whatever that means to you at this point, uh, who think that they can stop the progressives. And there's just no evidence of it. It has completely infected the Democratic Party. It has destroyed all of the institutions. And while it may be a worthy cause, it may be, it really may be, it may be a worthy cause for Bill Maher to sit there and say, I'm still a liberal. But you also may have to look in the mirror, as I said in that last video, and go, well, maybe there's a flaw in liberalism itself that led to the inmates running the asylum. And I would much rather spend time being part of a wide tent thing where there could be you know, traditional religious conservatives, more libertarian-minded people, the ex-lefties. You know, I know that a lot of you know a lot of this, and the reason I'm doing this is not only because I thought it was, it's sort of a seminal moment for Jordan Peterson to say something like that, because even though Jordan obviously is a conservative to some degree, uh, this is not by any stretch with his background and academia and being a psychologist and all of these things. He in no way is a traditional conservative. So if, if he is making that as a statement now, um, I, think it's a, I think it's a pretty big moment for those of us that are trying to you know, traverse a, a path here that makes sense. So obviously this discussion isn't going anywhere, but I thought that would be a good way to kick off the Q&A today. Uh, starting with Talway, he says, in light of the way you ended your broadcast yesterday, it reminded me of an old saying, when it is hardest to hold on to a dream is when we must all hold on the hardest of all. That being the case, do you see a light at the end of this tunnel? And what do you think we and the country will look like when we finally come out of this darkness? So if you didn't see the show yesterday, uh, we ended with a uh, two and a half or three minute compilation video that the Daily Wire put together, just really going through the endless lies, mostly of CNN, just like how many things they've gotten wrong and blatantly lied about and the way they program people to accept more lies over time. So that's what he's referring to there. What does it look like when we get out of this thing? Well, we're, we're getting close to finding out, I think. You know, yesterday I was really talking about the narrative shift and how we're suddenly seeing that it's very, very obvious right now that the Democrats realize that they are going to get demolished in the midterms, right? Like you don't wanna be overconfident as someone of the right or conservative or a Republican, you don't wanna be overconfident. That's the worst thing. Cause then you depress your people from, oh, I don't need to vote that day cause we're gonna win anyway. And then you get the other people freaking out and then they vote a lot. So you don't wanna be overconfident. But all, all polling, it's very obvious. And if you're just out there talking to people, it's like virtually everyone except that very, very small sliver of real sort of woke radicals um, has had it with wokeism, the neo-racism, they've had it with the abuse of children and the endless masks and the mandates and everything. I mean, look what's going on up in Canada. When you've pushed Canadians to occupy their own ca uh, capital, you think maybe something's not right here. I know that's not directly related to America, but these things actually are quite inter intertwined these days. Um, so what are we gonna see happen? Well, look, as the narrative shifts, the Democrats are gonna be opening up states, even though you know New York supposedly opened up today. I'm hearing that at, at federal buildings in New York, still it's closed, so it's a little unclear if you're at a federal building in a state that's open, you get all that. Um, but they still want, in many of these places, they still want kids in masks. We did the video on Stacey Abrams yesterday, right? She still wants kids in masks in uh, Georgia, okay? Uh, we know that in Los Angeles, even though Gavin Newsom's saying we're now gonna open up, that in LA County, this crazy woman, ah, I said California, all right, throw in another five. Uh, this crazy woman, what was her name? Barbara Ferrer, or something like that. Like she still wants kids in masks and she still wants you wearing masks in supermarkets and the rest of it. 
it's your choice if you live in these places at this point. But the narrative shift and the mainstream media shift will be that somehow Democrats did everything they could do, right? We showed you the video yesterday of Hakeem Jeffries, uh, congressman from New York, talking about how this is all thanks to Joe Biden. We beat Omicron and we can start opening up. And it's just like, it's all nonsense because now all they're doing is exactly what Ron DeSantis did from day one. That's all they're doing. It, life is completely normal here. And every day since I have been here has been normal and a freaking joy. So they are going to flip the narrative that somehow, I mean, you can just watch the media, just know it so that when you see it, you know, you can call it out and tell your friends. They're going to somehow trick you into thinking that it was the Republicans that were spreading COVID in their backwards religious states with their radical extremists and January 6th and insurrections. And it was the Democrats who did everything guided by the science and then the science evolved and then blah, 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 blah. You get all of it. So we just need to be aware. That's why these last two days on the show, I've done these more narrative type shows because we can't just wake up every day and respond to the nonsense. We have to remember who got us here and how they did it. And I think if we can do that, we can sort of keep our eye on the ball and figure out how to win going forward. And I do think we can win. And by the way, our win is just that people will live freely, right? Like that's it, that's it. Their win is much worse. Their win involves gulags, dragging people off, whole bunch of nasty shit. Brian says, which country would you move to if America absolutely collapsed? Brian, you think I'm gonna announce that? Why would I announce that right now? So that those loons could follow me to that place. But I do have a place in mind. The weather's pretty good. And I'm gonna leave it at that. But I'm not gonna tell you, sorry. Well, I don't know, maybe the day before I leave, I would just post something for supporters only in the Ruben Report community. That would be it. But you know, beyond that, I can't say anything. Yanis says, what is the most unexpected thing you like about Florida? And what do you miss about California? I miss nothing about California. I mean, truly nothing, absolutely nothing. Look, you know, I love Dennis Prager. He's still there. I love his wife, Sue, uh, Marissa, who runs PragerU and her husband, Noah. I had a couple other friends. Did I have other friends there? I'd, there was a few people that, I, Larry Elder, love that Larry Elder. I had, yeah, I had a couple of friends. I don't know what's happened to them. I, they could all be gone. I have no idea what's happened to all of them. But I, yeah, there's some people I miss. But I miss nothing about California, absolutely nothing. I, my, I had a gorgeous house. I had a really gorgeous house and we had great parties. And uh, you know, I had this awesome built-in barbecue situation and we love to host and you know, cook for people and everything else. I don't have a built-in here. I just got my big green egg, so I'm smoking here already. I'm smoking the, the meats, but I don't have a built-in. We're gonna work on that. But I don't miss anything, I really don't. It, it's been so wonderful here. And that will sort of parlay with you're asking the most unexpected thing. You know, I've been asked this a couple of times and I keep saying the most unexpected thing is just how great it is, even though I thought it was gonna be great. But I'll give you a little more granular one on that, which is, you know, when I lived in LA, if we had people come into the house to do things, right? Like fix lights or patch the walls or whatever it might be, like do something in the studio or whatever. Anyone that was, you know, working at the house to do something. Um, I was always a little, well, first off, we had people sign NDAs because you don't want somebody coming in, whether they love me or hate me and telling people where I live or that kind of stuff. But I was always very leery of people coming to the house because I didn't, you know, the ideas that I talk about on the show, let's say, aren't the most, um, they aren't the, the, the most welcomed in a place like Los Angeles. So we'd have people coming in the house and I never had a bad experience with anyone, but it was very clear. Like I didn't want people going into the studio. If I didn't have to talk to somebody, I wouldn't want to do it so that they wouldn't recognize me. 
here in Florida, everyone that has come to our house, from the, the handyman to the guy that was doing some stuff on the windows, to yesterday we had a girl in a truck who came and I got a haircut. I got my first haircut in Florida. She had a little van. She, she's like a mobile uh, stylist. And everyone, either they've known me and like me or it somehow comes up that they're kind of conservative and they love Florida and they love Ron DeSantis. It's just that the people here, they get it. They just get it in a deeply way, in a deep way. And I guess that's not that unexpected, but it's just great. It's just great. Uh, Richard says, important Florida man question that requires a Florida man answer. What is your favorite brand of orange juice, pulp or no pulp? Now, first off, I should address, which I've talked about before, that I say Florida. I know a lot of people say Florida, right? But I am originally from New York. We say Florida. I'm from Long Island, Florida. I also say orange juice. Most people say orange juice. I say orange juice. It's just nothing I can do about it. That we're just going to have to accept it. Uh, as for my favorite brand of orange juice, the traditional Tropicana no pulp, I've always loved. There's that simply, is it simply orange? That one has, has uh, which is in the, the plastic bottle, they've moved in there pretty good. But I'll tell you, I mean, fresh squeezed Florida orange juice, there's nothing better. I would always prefer to get that at this point. I believe we've got a half gallon jug in the fridge downstairs right now. I don't even know what brand it is, but like some kind of local Florida. Oh, well, we got it at the, at the uh, street fair here on Sunday, the uh, farmer's market. Um, but yeah, local fresh squeeze Florida orange juice. There's nothing better to get your daily dose of vitamin C. Uh, Robert says, I like the way you have done the last, uh, done the show the last two days. What was your reason for change? Well, you know, we got to Florida, we set up the new studio. This is, uh, again, this is the temporary studio at the moment while we figure out a few things here, although it, it's working out quite well actually. Uh, we added Phoenix to the team officially. He was our intern before this. And we've all been talking about ways to expand the show. Actually, um, just yesterday or the day before, we had a big sort of vision meeting with where everybody, I asked everybody on the team to come bring their ideas on how we can expand and grow and where our weaknesses are and our strengths and all that. And it really comes from this place of what I said earlier about not just wanting to respond all the time. There, there's a real danger in the responding all the time thing. Not that it sometimes it can be fun and you know, this happened, that happened, let's keep talking about these things and calling out hypocrisy and showing idiotic videos from MSNBC or the mental institution that is the view or all of those things. Like they, they need to be called out at appropriate times and all that. Um, but you don't wanna, in life I think, you don't wanna just react, right? You wanna do something that is putting your best self forward and that's the way I view this show. So I think the last two days, I mean, I really think, I, I don't know that it's for me to say, but I think that the last two days worth of shows are probably the two best shows we've ever done in some ways, because we gave you that sort of narrative. This is what's happened over time. And here's how we can fight it. And, and don't forget how we got here kind of taste. Um, so I would, I would liken it maybe a little bit more to the way Tucker does his show um, but I'm doing 95% of it completely off the top of my head. Tucker obviously is reading a script, which is completely fine. It's just a different way of doing things. That's not a knock on Tucker in any way. I'm just basically telling you what I think with a, with a rough outline in front of me. Um, and I try to do it with like a little more humor and a little more off color language and that sort of stuff. Um, but we're going to keep doing that. And if you guys have ideas on how we can explore and expand and go maybe a little bit more in this direction or that direction, we're really, we're really open and, uh, you know, you always want to keep reinventing yourself to a degree, not like just abandoning all the things you used to believe in, but like really finding new ways 
to do things. And I think, you know, one of the reasons that so many uh, political pundits, it's not just political pundits, like so many public people sort of go nuts over the years. Like if you look at, you know, some of the people who I used to absolutely love, a guy like Howard Stern, who I absolutely loved, and he's gone completely insane. It's like every day he wakes up, it's like, what's in the news? I'm just going to talk about it. And you just start going crazy. You just start going crazy. And uh, I actually feel more sane now than probably at any other point in my life. So I think that's connected perhaps to some of those conservative views I talked about up top. Uh, Landon says, do you think we can keep up the momentum to win seats in November? It feels they are playing the game to ease and then to get reelected. Yeah, I mean, look, that's why I said the thing about overconfidence, like politics is weird. The world changes so fast. None of us could have predicted these last two insane, insane years. Like, are they gonna start pushing climate lockdowns? Will they tell us in a month from now if they feel like too many of us are starting to get back to life and be happy again, that suddenly there's the new variant, you know, the Unicron variant. If, if you get the Unicron reference, that's impressive. Um, like who knows, who knows what they will do. So we can't be overconfident, um, but if it's just left up to people, if it really is just left up to people, like the choice is so obvious. Like, and it doesn't mean you're a conservative in that traditional sense. If you are someone, you know, just again, to bring it back to this sort of like what's happening to the liberals idea. If you are someone who watches Bill Maher every day, you've been a liberal your whole life, you're an atheist and a liberal and an enlightenment person and you think Ted Cruz is dangerous, but you're a Bill Maher type guy, so you hate wokeism, you're against critical race theory, um, you are for free speech, et cetera, et cetera. You have to vote for Republicans. You have to. So just get to the end of the road and vote for Republicans. And then you might also try this. Have a drink with a Republican. Have a, they're going to drink scotch and whiskey. That's all they drink. And they're going to smoke cigars. Okay. I don't love cigars. Okay. I find them rather filthy, disgusting. Your clothes stink after. Okay. Uh, but if you have a drink with them, you're going to find out that they're pretty decent people and you can get them to drink tequila. It takes time. They have to have one or two whiskeys first, and then you can have them get tequila. They'll usually say it's too sweet. I don't even remember what the question was, but I think I made a point there. You see the point? The point is, we got a chance. No, I'm kidding. I know what the question was. <laughs> I love it. They're bringing me the question back. I remember the question. Um, the point is, like, there really is a, a chance to, to really win, like get some real political wins. And it's not because then we will all have to think the same thing. It will be exactly what's in the Republican Party platform. It will be that we will vote in people who will kind of be like, oh, I'm not the king. That would be pretty much good enough for me. Uh, Robin says, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Mitch McConnell calling January 6th an insurrection and his support for Cheney and Kinzinger. How do you think this will affect the GOP and conservatives in 2024? Well, look, this is the battle for conservatives uh, outside of what I just talked about. So conservatives want to show a little more openness, let's say, which I think they've already done. Like it, it's just... It's just obvious and done. Uh, but the battle for what the future of the Republican Party will be, of course, is this sort of like Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, who he just, he just stepped down, right? Or he's not running for reelection, if I'm not mistaken. Liz Cheney, it looks like she's gonna get tossed in, uh, in Montana. I think uh, Harriet Hageman, who I actually saw uh, at a fundraiser last week, I think we have her on the show next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I was, in two weeks, I was very, very impressed by her. She's, re she's a Republican running against Cheney, sorry, Wyoming, not, uh, not Montana. Um, 
this is the battle for the Republicans that they have to figure out. Which way are we gonna go? Like a guy like Mitch McConnell, I get it. He's been around forever. He's the ultimate swamp creature. He's occasionally done some good things. Does he really think that January 6th was an insurrection? Look, was January 6th messy? Yes. Did some people do things they shouldn't have done if you broke windows and busted through the Capitol and all of those things? Yes. If you committed a violent act, of course you did something wrong. But there are so many videos of police literally welcoming people in, people wandering through, respectfully looking at the pictures on the wall, talking to police officers who are saying to them, hey, you guys are welcome here. Um, there were no plans for an insurrection, like we're taking over the government. There was one guy who maybe had a Lego set of the Capitol. It turned out it wasn't even out of the box yet, so he didn't even figure out how to get up the get up the stairs and figure out where all the stuff was. Like, the, you know, you had the guy from The Simpsons with the horns on his head. It's like, it was misguided, it was confused, all of those things. Uh, but, you know, two years after watching leftists destroy so many of our cities, destroy public property, private property, attack people on the streets, block bridges, blah, blah, blah. It's like the focus on that is only because some people decided to go to the seat of power and have their voice heard. Some of them may have been misguided in, in how they went about that. Fine, fine. Um, but McConnell, he's a swamp creature, so he wants to defend the swamp. And I think this is the battle that Republicans are gonna have to face. Like we can't, we can't really have these Liz Cheney's around anymore. Like what is Liz Cheney conserving? conserving? What makes her a conservative? You know, she's loved by the media now. So she's loved by the New York Times now. They love her on MSNBC. They love her on CNN. Do you think, Liz, that maybe that means that whatever principles you had at one point are going out the window because you're loved by the machine that hates conservatives? Think about it, Liz. Think, think. Margot, after we win the war on communism, will you and David be opening a restaurant, bed and bath, or plan to escape somewhere else tropical? I suppose this is similar to if we lose, the question earlier, if we lose, where are you going? This is if we win, what will I do? Um, if we win, what will I do? Look, if we won, like really won, if somehow America got fully on track, like if we really returned to our roots and everything was good, maybe I wouldn't have to do a daily show. I love doing this, but like maybe I wouldn't have to. I, I've thought about, you know, David's a great chef. We've thought about opening a restaurant at some point or opening a bar. I've thought maybe, maybe, maybe like later in life, maybe in my 60s or something, I could be a mayor of a small town. I would never want to be on the national political scene, but just like a town that I lived in that I could, you know, hopefully do some stuff, maybe that would be something like good, something like that. Um, I don't know what we would do if we win. If we win, we would just live our freaking lives and it would be, it would be pretty good. It would be pretty good. Renee says, why do you think Joe Rogan turned down your offer? Does the offer stay around if he has a change of heart? I'm disappointed at his decision. I think he might come on board at a later date. So if you haven't heard this, Joe Rogan did a stand-up set two nights ago. Uh, and during a Q&A, someone asked him if he was going to take the Rumble offer. And he made just like sort of a very um, offhand comment, like, I'm not going to take it. Uh, Spotify has stayed with me and I'm, I'm going to stay there for now. Now, first off, I just want to say like, Rumble made an offer. Like we thought it was a great idea to make an offer. Um, as I said, it was completely legit offer. Yes, the offer still stands. Perhaps the offer is just a starting point uh, because it does sound like Spotify uh, is paying him more than the hundred million. Um, but Joe has just an interesting spot. He has an interesting position right now because on one hand, he's allowing the censorship of his show, which he did at the beginning 
when he signed the deal and they took off 40 shows, then he took off some more. He's now saying there's a certain word he's not allowed to say, but other people can say, is he gonna continue to interview the controversial people like Robert Malone, et cetera, et cetera? I don't know, all of those things are up in the air. He may just be saying, hey, I did everything I could do and it's a hell of a lot more than most people and I'm okay just having some money and, and maybe slightly censoring myself a little bit. Like, I don't know, and I, I don't know that, I don't mean that in like real judgment of him, right? Like I was discussing it with David over dinner last night. It's like, if somebody came to me right now and was like, Dave, we'd like to give you $100 million a year, uh, but what you're gonna have to do is take that one Jordan Peterson interview you did. You're gonna have to take that off uh, because he talked about gender pronouns and uh, we don't like that, but we'll give you $100 million. It's like, I'd at least have to have a discussion about it. Like. We, we, by the end of the conversation, we both agreed that I wouldn't do it, but it's easy to say when it's not right in front of you, right? Like this is just a raw, honest assessment of things. Like everyone has their, everyone has their own considerations, I would say. Now it's look, we're doing fine. I don't wanna be more famous. I don't even really want more money. Like everything's fine. I'm good. I like doing what I'm doing. We're doing something good here. I really believe that. Um, but Joe has his own consideration. So just to be clear, the offer still stands. The offer is legit. It's probably just a starting point. And we'll see what happens. I guess that's really the issue is over time, maybe, maybe Joe will realize, I don't know this to be the case because it hasn't happened yet, but maybe he'll be like, you know, boy, I, I'm not interviewing as many controversial people because I don't want to deal with the headache. And maybe the conversations won't be as interesting to him. And then maybe he'll want to bring on another controversial person. Or maybe, you know, he has Alex Jones on all the time, for example. He's buddies with Alex Jones. It's like, is Spotify gonna be okay with Alex Jones being on going forward? They've, they've said what they are as a company, right? And I would suspect that the same employees who are angry about having Joe Rogan have those conversations will be angry when he brings back Alex Jones. You know, he took off a couple episodes with Michael Malice. It's like, Michael Malice is a great guy, he's a buddy of mine. Michael Malice is not a racist or anything close to that. Um, but like, are you gonna have Michael Malice back on? These are all the things that he has to think about. And I think uh, the best we could do is uh, say, hey, hey, we're here, we're in the fight. And uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes you end up fighting for someone harder than they wanna fight themselves. And maybe he just doesn't wanna fight that much right now. And, and that actually is okay in a certain context. So we're here and I'll, I'll just keep fighting the best way I can. Uh, Philip says, since it did not work out for you in Cali, are you now petitioning for DeSantis to declare the Rubin as Florida's official state sandwich. I like this. Now, of course, Ruben, R-U-B-I-N, is different than the technical spelling. There's a U and an E and another E in there of the, uh, the Ruben sandwich. I do enjoy the Ruben sandwich. And uh, I guess I can say this now. I am interviewing Ron DeSantis. It's coming up soon. It's going to be in person. Might be here in the house. We're figuring out maybe it'll be on location somewhere. Um, I will bring that up to him. I would like the Ruben to be the official Sandwich. Can you can you Google? Does Florida have an official sandwich? Is there an official sandwich of Florida? I guess it would be like Gator related or something like that. The Cuban sandwich is the official sandwich of Florida. The fried grouper. Ah, okay. So apparently there are two state sandwiches of Florida: the Cuban sandwich. That makes sense, especially for you know Miami area and fried grouper. I love grouper. I love grouper. I will eat grouper fried, blackened, bronzed baked, sauteed, love the grouper, great fish. Uh, Joe says, who do you have in the Super Bowl? Cincy or LA? Uh, I did not watch one minute of football this season. 
I, and it's sort of like all sports at this point. Uh, there was about eight years ago, I just forgot to watch baseball one season. Like something happened. Connor's very pissed at me. He loves baseball. Big Dodgers fan over there. I just forgot to watch a season. And then I realized, like, I don't know that I could name one Major League Baseball player. Judge. There's a guy, Judge. Tom Judge. Bob Judge. Jim Judge. What? Aaron Judge. All right. He's on the Yankees. All right. Pretty good. I got that one. I just didn't watch football this year. I don't mind watching football. Uh, I, I actually kind of dig football. I never was like hugely into it. But if, if the choice is Cincinnati Bengals versus the LA Rams, are they the Rams still? Got, thank you again. I can't look this way for sports. I got to look that way. Okay. <laughs> Michael's like, I have no idea. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'm not voting. I'm not going for L.A., obviously. I hope they get destroyed. I hope Cincinnati wins literally 137 to 2, which would be better than zero, like if there's just one safety. If the final score of the game is 137 to 2, that would, I, hope it, I hope L.A. implodes in the middle. I hope there's a massive earthquake in L.A. I hope Gavin, New well, trying to be nice. Okay, calm down, Dave. Uh, next, uh, Holly says there was bipartisan support in the Virginia Senate vote to stop the masking of children in schools. Is this just a glimmer of hope or a more significant sign of the times? It is a significant sign. What am I always talking about? We need these moments, right? We need some of these wins. The Yunkin win in Virginia was one of these things. And now he is standing up for some of the things he campaigned on. So they're going to get masks out of schools. They're going to get critical race theory out of the schools et cetera, et cetera. So there's some wins. And look, these wins are going to come state by state. They're not going to come from the federal government as long as Brandon is in charge of this thing or whoever's pulling Brandon's uh, straws, or his, his strings. You know what I mean? I was just trying to picture Brandon. He's like a straw man, sort of. Um, I don't like that Brandon guy, by the way. No one said, let's go Brandon in a while. So if you guys as a favor to me could just start saying it again, I feel like it needs to kind of get out there. There was a story this morning that inflation is even worse than people thought. It's like, let's go Brandon, man. Um, but yes, I think it will come at the state level. We'll just see more and more. And, and again, what the Republicans need to do, what, re what red states need to do, and even the blue states, although they'll never give them credit, just model your stuff after DeSantis and we can return to a free country. Uh, Tom says, I try to use Rumble as much as I can. I have noticed that the software is not as user-friendly as YouTube. Are they working on their software to make it user-friendly? I hate using YouTube. Yes, absolutely. I promise you that was partly why we did the merger with them because we got a great tech stack at Locals and we have great developers and now we're all working on projects together. We just hired a whole bunch of people. There's a new uh, Rumble app coming out. We'll have some really cool updates on the Locals side, some new features that I'm really psyched to use. So yes. You know, being a startup company, even when you've got some dough, it's like there's a lot of things that you got to put together to get it all right. And also, you know, competing with the, the slickness and the user interface of a YouTube that's been around forever, it's, it takes time. Everything takes time. You know, it's funny. I'll see people will say, well, Dave, we want this feature, that feature, everything. And people think you can just do it. Like it just like magically appears like that. But we build a lot of this stuff from scratch and we've got great people on board and, and just be patient. Rubio says, how are you doing with your Spanish? You will be talking before you know it. Uh, I'd like to think I'm doing all right. Donde la biblioteca? Um, mi, uh, soy, uh, yo tengo pantalones blanco. That was pretty good. And uh, one more, one more. Um, I like all the thumbs up I'm getting today. And uh, uh, I did Donde already, and I did Yos. Um, 
quiero bebo quiero I, uh, I want quiero beber cerveza I want to drink beer huh come on Bob says, what are your thoughts on legalizing marijuana and mushrooms? Wrote about this in the book. I believe both should be legalized. I am completely fine leaving it to the states. Uh, this is a position, by the way, that I have that is not, certainly not thought of as a fully conservative position. I think you can make strong libertarian arguments on why you wanna uh, decriminalize a lot of this stuff. I don't want people arrested because they smoke some pot and went to the movies. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense. It, there's, there's no, if you're for legal alcohol, which causes all sorts of health problems. We all know that. And drunk driving and almost, there's a crazy statistic related to domestic violence and, and involving alcohol. And it's almost like all domestic violence, almost all of it includes some level of alcohol use. Uh, very few people are smoking a joint and robbing a bank. You know, like it just doesn't happen. Um, that doesn't mean that marijuana is great. And, and could it be to a degree, uh, a gateway to start doing some other things? It could be, but you know, everything's a gateway to some extent. Um, but this is where you have to blend and we can have an, we have a, we can have a great conversation about this, say as libertarians and conservatives who want to make sure people aren't doing drugs because generally the more drug use you got, you start having a lot of that societal rot that they're having in San Francisco and elsewhere. We know that. Um, so personally I'm okay with legalizing marijuana. Again, we can put it at the state level. Um, you can have age restrictions on it and everything else. And I think it really, a lot of these things, you want to fall back on the parents. You want the parents to hopefully have given the children enough of a education to know what they can do and tolerance and limits and all of those things. And as far as mushrooms specifically on the psychedelic front, I, yeah, I'm okay with that too. Uh, I've done mushrooms. I haven't done them in a long time, but like I'm, I'm fine with people taking something that is a completely natural substance from the earth. I mean, if you do some research on it, it's actually kind of gross. Psychedelic mushrooms like psilocybin, it grows, they're mushrooms that grow on cow poop and then people eat them and then you have this crazy psychedelic experience. It's like, that's pretty weird. That could almost make you believe in God right there. Like, is, how much more do you need than that? Like, it's bizarre. It's like, who was the first guy that did that, you know? Oh, there's a, some cow poop and some mushrooms and let's see what happens. Um, so yeah, this is where you blend, you blend personal responsibility and liberty and a, and a belief that we have to keep society uh, in some state where there's some guardrail, so not everybody goes bananas. This, of course, also is where the liberals have absolutely failed, which is why those cities are such a mess. And what was it just this morning, right before we started, uh, there was gonna be this program. How much money did they put towards crack pipes or something? Basically, the Biden administration was gonna have this thing where they were gonna give crack pipes away. I mean, literally give crack pipes away, like crazy, crazy stuff. Then, of course, enough people started making Hunter Biden jokes and now they will not be giving crack pipes away, but they are gonna give drugs away in these cities. And it's like, does, do you think this is gonna stop anyone from, uh, from doing drugs? What's that? They, they were putting 30, the federal government, let me just get it, get it right. Was the, fed, the federal government was doing a $30 million harm reduction program where they were going to give crack pipes to crack addicts. And we're called the extremists, right? We're called the nutbags and the crazy people. Anyway, enough of a pushback. They're not gonna give out crack pipes, but they'll just let you, I don't know, you can walk in and get a needle and shoot yourself with some heroin, which I am not for legal. I've enjoyed today's program. I hope you have as well. In closing, uh, my full interview with Glenn Beck, all about the Great Reset uh, is up right now on YouTube, on Blaze TV, and of course on Rumble. 
Uh, if you want to play along, join us at rubenreport.locals.com. That's how you can get your questions in for next week's Q&A. And tomorrow, we are doing an all-Florida, as they say, an all-Florida roundtable with some new Floridians and some old Floridians. Uh, we've got my buddy Dave Raboy and John Cardillo and Carol Markowitz, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, have a great day, everybody. See ya. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.